One more game for the Washington Commanders this preseason before we turn our attention to roster cuts coming on Tuesday. And this game against the Bengals is going to have a lot of things to say about what happens then. We'll talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to this episode of Locked On Commanders Day Podcast, covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue the conversation with me by going to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. And after that, you can put me in your handy dandy cell phone, text me anytime you want, and I'll respond to you as I can, when I can. And I'm your host, David Harrison, on Twitter, at DHarrison82, credential member of the media, covering your Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Here with you every Monday through Friday, sometimes a Saturday, a Sunday, whatever the world uh, brings our way, practices, games, everything going on in Commander's land. And everydayers, I appreciate your continued support for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com or find them in the App Store. That's my preference. The app is high-speed. Super user friendly. Sign up with promo code locked on and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. On today's episode, we're going to hear from co owner of the Washington Commanders, Marjorie Harris, coach Ron Rivera, and rookie running back Chris Rodriguez, all ahead of Saturday night's preseason finale. And we're going to talk about some bold predictions and what we're watching for. But first, something that we're not watching for Saturday night is a whole lot of starters on the football field for the Washington Commanders. You're going to hear in just a little bit a full interview clip from the scrum that Ron Rivera held with us after a walkthrough practice at Joint Base Andrews in Maryland on Friday afternoon. I was there. We were in the scrum. Uh, I didn't get the whole thing because my phone overheated. It kept overheating every day. You know, that has been a struggle all training camp is keeping my phone cool. Uh, I don't know what better way I can do it, but I've, I've come up with some other ways, and we got most of it. We just didn't get all of it, uh, but you'll hear a lot of good stuff there. Rivera did say, though, and does say, in which you'll hear, that a, quote, small group of starters, end quote, will play on Saturday. So, of course, the next general question is, who are those starters that are going to play? And Ron Rivera didn't really specify anybody, but they kind of give a little bit of a hint that I picked up on. I think you guys will probably pick up on it when you hear it, too. So, my money on this small group, quote unquote, of, of starters that are a play on Saturday, and it's really not hard to guess anyway, the offensive line, right? The offensive line has been a question all offseason long. It was a big question going into the offseason. And Washington, to their credit, they made some moves. They brought in Nick Gates on free agency. They brought in Andrew Wiley, spent two draft picks there. They moved Sam Cosme inside. You know, I think some people still want or feel like the team could have done more and maybe should have done more. And, you know, that's going to be to the eye of the beholder. And at the end of the day, the way this five-man unit performs and if they can stay healthy or when they stay healthy is really going to tell the tale of whether or not the commanders made the right decisions or didn't make the right decisions, right? The proof is in the pudding, as they say, and that pudding is still being made for the offensive line. Now, according to PFF, uh, PFF grading, 15 Washington players so far have graded in the green in pass blocking. So green green grades for the for PFF, 70 and above, right? The, the higher you get, the more greenish blue uh, it starts to turn. You get below 70 into the 69s, it starts to turn orange, yellow, uh, all kinds of red colors that you don't want to get into, right? So 15 Washington players have green-coded grades in pass blocking by PFF so far. So 70 above. Of those 15, three of them 
are starting offensive linemen. The two that are not in the green, the two starting offensive linemen that are not in the green are left guard Sadiq Charles, who has a 59.3 pass blocking grade so far in the preseason, and right tackle Andrew Wiley, who has a 41.1 pass blocking grade in the preseason. Wiley's grade is the only one in the red. And Andrew Wiley, you'll remember, is the veteran who came over from the Kansas City Chiefs, knows Eric Bannamy's system, has played in the system before, and was expected to help accelerate the development and learning curve of this offensive line. Not saying that he hasn't done that necessarily with that pass blocking grade, but obviously there's been some things left to be desired. And then recently in practice, we've been seeing him and Charles Leno Jr., the left tackle, both getting reps off. Uh, I kind of presume for Wiley it's a little bit of a veteran day off, but we've seen some some medical equipment here and there. Coach Rivera did tell us Charles Leno is still dealing with a soldier, a soldier, a shoulder issue now that he's trying to re-strengthen all kinds of things. Look, these things, these things tend to happen. Nothing to panic about. But last week, if you go back to Baltimore, Wiley uh, and, and Leno were in for one drive, came out after that one drive, and uh, Cornelius Lucas and Trent Scott came in to replace him after that. Again, is it is it anything to panic about? Not necessarily, but you do want to see these guys on the field together, and you want to see these five guys doing well together to give you that kind of warm and cozy feeling inside that your quarterback is going to be protected and your running back uh, running backs are going to have lanes to run through. Now, some people throughout the offseason, throughout training camp, uh, have brought up the idea of moving Nick Gates and his 81.2 pass blocking grade this preseason to the left guard spot and move third-round rookie Ricky Stromberg up to starting center. Now, the problem with that idea is that Stromberg himself has a 28.7 pass blocking grade right now through two preseason games. Of course, the grain of salt there, or asterisk there, is that most of his snaps in week two came at the guard position where the team has been cross-training him uh, for the last couple of weeks, a position that he hasn't played since his freshman year in Arkansas. So that could certainly have something to do with that poor grade, right? In the one game that Stromberg played at only center, that was against Cleveland Browns in week one, Stromberg came away with a 59.3 pass blocking grade. So I'm not saying there's not something to that idea or that theory, but Nick Gates did say from the jump, his very first press conference with us, he said he's coming here to play center, and it doesn't look like he or the commanders are coming off that plan. So it's necessary that this starting five unit, Charles Leno, all the way down to Andrew Wiley, Nick Gates, Sam Cosme, and Sadiq Charles in between, it's necessary that they get some time on the field together. Now, Rivera confirmed again that Charles Leno is working through a shoulder issue, and that's what he was working on against Baltimore last week, and it's likely why he only got one series. It's likely why Andrew Wiley only got one series. Perhaps Washington will do the same thing this week, leave the interior offensive lineman, uh, so center Nick Gates guards Sam Cosme and Charles uh, Sadiq Charles in there uh, for a bit longer while backup tackles Cornelius Lucas and Trent Scott come in and replace Leno and Wiley after the first series. That's potentially a thing that could happen. We'll see what they decide to do. Uh, but as long as they get at least one series worth of live reps together, that's better than getting no live reps together. Right. So how many other starters are going to play for the Washington Commanders on Saturday uh, against Cincinnati Bengals? None on the defense, right? Ron Rivera all but confirmed that, right? So none on the defense. Maybe a few more on offense, potentially. Jacob Brissett uh, was getting a lot of first-team reps this week in preparation for this preseason game. And while he was getting those first-team reps, guys like Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, De'Ami Brown, Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson were on the field with him in those sets. So perhaps we see those guys play with Jacob Brissett for a series, maybe two. I wouldn't feel more – I wouldn't mind one series again. Ron Rivera's kind of said – the whole point of getting Jacoby Brissett some of these first-team reps is so that he has a foundation of work with these guys if they ever have to turn to Jacoby because of injury or something else to Sam Howell 
they don't want that first time Jacoby's out there with that first unit to be in a game situation in the regular season. So because of that, you could see uh, potentially the, the the logic behind John Dodson, Curtis Samuel, De'Ami Brown, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson playing along with that line, along with Jacoby Brissett. And then, of course, John Bates, Cole Turner, pretty much your first and your second team tight ends at this point in time with Logan Thomas out. Uh, and then Curtis Hodges and, and and Alex Arma kind of being your third. And, you know, there, there's some other tight ends as well uh, that are in the in the mix for your third team tight end group. So we know some of the stars will be on the field. But what specifically are we hoping to observe while they and other players are on the field this Saturday night? That's coming up next on this episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we'll talk about that thanks to new sponsor supporting this show, Harry's. No matter why you shave, Harry's has you covered for the best shave of your life at a price you'll love. From their legendary high-quality razors to skin products like exfoliating face wash and hydrating lotion, Harry's gives you a premium shave without the premium price tag. And you can get better quality and a better price than other razors when you get Harry's delivered right to your door. A smooth shave shouldn't be rough on your wallet. The starter set is a $13 value for only $3 at harrys.com slash nfl it includes a five blade german engineered razor weighted handle foaming shave gel and a travel cover plus you can schedule delivery for refills as low as two dollars half what you pay for other blades and harry's even makes the skincare products that will give you the best shave ever there's no reason not to try harry's and they're still offering a no risk trial don't like your shave no worries it's on them get your best shave ever this summer with harry's razors and skincare products Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. Thanks again, everybody, for being a Locked On Commanders first listen or view today and every day. Every day, thanks again for coming through on a consistent basis like you do. What to watch for this Saturday night as the Washington Commanders host Cincinnati Bengals in a preseason finale in FedEx field. And I'm going to start this off with a question. Will the real camp battle please stand up? That's the, uh, the tongue in tongue in cheek segment title that I came up with for this, this, this segment. So quarterback battle, not really a battle left guard battle. Has it really been a battle? I mean, Sadiq Charles when he's healthy and, and this is really the only battle I suppose that, that coach Rivera has really said, at least from a starter standpoint, and coach Rivera has really said is still kind of up for up for grabs. But when Sadiq Charles has been healthy enough to play, whether it be on the practice field or, or in a game situation, he has been the number one guard. There really hasn't been this like rotation. So it's it's kind of like the quarterback battle where maybe it's a battle, but it's really Sadiq Charles's job to lose, right? And he hasn't done enough to really lose it uh, just yet. And I don't think he's necessarily going to. So I don't know if I would really call the left guard battle a battle per se. Uh, the kicker battle, that might have been a little bit more of a real battle, right? But I don't know that anybody was really ever concerned uh, that Joey Sly was going to lose that job necessarily, and, and he's the only kicker on the roster now, so he's obviously won that battle. Tight end battle, there actually might be a real battle there, and that's one of the areas we're going to be watching because Curtis Hodges, so, so coming into training camp, coming into the OTA period, rather, remember, before Armani Rodgers was injured, your basic tight end depth chart was Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, Armani Rodgers, and Curtis Hodges. Those five guys, you're probably only keeping four on the active roster, so either Armani Rodgers Curtis Hodges very likely headed to the practice squad. Well, when Armani Rodgers suffered his Achilles injury, it essentially opened the door, not even opened the door, it basically set the placemat for Curtis for Curtis Hodges to sit at the active roster table. 
However, Curtis has had some struggles in practice. He's had some struggles in game situations, and there was a pass last week that some people think was overthrown. Some people think it was out of reach, but there are some people who think that Curtis Hodges maybe didn't put enough effort into going up and getting that pass. I'm going to leave that to the coaches that were not only field level, but also have the all 22 because angles can be a little bit tricky with that kind of stuff. But while Curtis Hodges has had some drops in practice and has had some struggles and, and, and even if not struggles and drops, just kind of failed to flash a little bit uh, during games. Alex Arma, who's really more of a fullback, but also lines up as as a small tight end, whether it's in motion, in line, or or from from the snap. Alex Arma has done well, right? And again, Alex Arma hasn't necessarily flashed as this elite playmaker either, but he's doing a lot of things that can make you look at this competition and say maybe there is a chance here where Alex Arma makes the active roster. Curtis Hodges heads back to practice squad where he spent much of last year, although he's also injured uh, and on the injured list and, and all that stuff for most of last year, if not all of last year. So I've actually already talked to multiple media members. I'm not going to out them. I'll let them out their own opinions who believe that Alex Arma makes the 53 man roster and Curtis Hodges heads to the practice squad following this game, following everything else. I will make my roster predictions on Monday's episode ahead of Tuesday's cut deadline. But there are already people who believe that Alex Arma will make this reactive roster over Curtis Hodges because most of us believe, I think, that the team is going to carry four tight ends. Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner are already your top three. Really, the question is the fourth. And again, Curtis Hodges was presumed to be that fourth tight end after Armani Rogers went out. But because of what's happening in camp and preseason, Alex Arma may be getting that spot. We'll have to see what happens after Saturday. Then you have the wide receiver battle, not at the top, but for the Dax Milne position. We talked about this going into the offseason, into the OTA period. I asked offensive, uh, our special teams coordinator, rather, rather, Nate Katzer, if the competition you know, perception that we all have out here is real, and he confirmed to me absolutely it was 100% real. Kazmir Allen is the guy that we all consider kind of the major threat to Dax Milne's roster spot. Has Kazmir Allen done enough to bump Dax Milne? Because Dax Milne, we all know, he's a solid catcher. He, he secures the ball does everything well, right? Doesn't do everything, anything excellent, but he does everything well. Casimir Allen, he's got burst. He's got speed. He's got elusiveness. We've already seen him have a couple of electric returns in the preseason. The question is, can he contribute to the offense if they need him to? And even if he can't all that much, it doesn't really matter because of how deep he's going to be on the depth chart, right? Really, that's a question that only the coaches can answer. But after this game on Saturday, I hope to have more of an answer. Dax Milne did have a groin injury. Uh, played in the game against the Baltimore Ravens, but apparently uh, aggravated that groin injury, didn't practice this last week, hoping to see him on the field on Saturday against Cincinnati Bengals because you would hate to see him come out of this competition without an opportunity to prove anything on the field while Kazmir Allen gets all the work uh, in his absence. Now, Kaz did struggle earlier in training camp with some drops during offensive sets, but he has kind of come on, and especially during that game-winning drive last week, uh, had a couple of nice plays for the offense. So, if there was one surprise to be had on the offense, right? And Alex Arma making the roster over Curtis Hodges could be considered a surprise. You know, Casimir Allen making it over Dax Milne could be considered a surprise. But I mean like a real like, whoa, kind of surprise. I think that that surprise could come from, I'm not necessarily predicting this will happen, but if there is this kind of, whoa, blow, your, blow you out of your seat type of surprise uh, on the offense, I think it's Nolan Laufenberg, the guard, making the active 53 over Aaron Montero and Aaron Montero being cut. Nolan Laufenberg has gotten some second-team reps at guard, but he's also got cross-trained a little bit at center. That versatility could prove to be valuable. Now, right now, if I had to make my roster projection right now, I think I would still put Nolan Laufenberg on the practice squad. But 
We'll see what happens after Saturday. So that's something to watch for as well. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball now, the defense. It looks at the defensive line battle that's kind of been quietly going on because there's a big question on how many defensive linemen Washington will really keep. Because when you look at the active 53 or the initial 53, you've already got four defensive line spots spoken for, right? You got Chase Young, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. So that's already four spots. But then you look at kind of the next five guys after that. James Smith Williams certainly seems like a guy you can't uh, let go. He was in invaluable while Chase Young was out. And if Chase Young has an aggravation or just from having a little bit of a, of a not a super veteran, but a veteran presence, James Smith Williams certainly valuable. John Ridgeway uh, presents a, a very big uh, presence once Fedarian Mathis is injured. But Fedarian Mathis is kind of that Cinco package top guy. So you want to keep both those dudes. KJ Henry and Andre Jones are your drafted rookies. And this franchise historically likes to keep their drafted rookies. So if you have all those guys, that's five guys. You're already up to nine defensive linemen. And we haven't even talked about Casey Tuhill, F.A. Obata, Abdullah Anderson. I think Abdullah Anderson might be the furthest on the outside looking in. But if they only keep 10, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Casey Tuhill? Is it going to be F.A. Obata? Or do they kind of go against their recent trends? And maybe they do put Andre Jones Jr. or K.J. Henry on the practice squad. We'll have to see. It's going to be really interesting. And I think that if guys can flash in this last game in Cincinnati Bengals, they give these coaches a lot more to talk to or talk about. Last thing we're watching, of course, and we're going to watch a lot of things, but last thing we're going to specify watching here, Ricky Straubberg and Quan Martin. Both those guys were specified or, or isolated by Coach Ron Rivera in his, his comments earlier this week uh, himself. So, of course, we're going to be watching them as well. We heard about them on or heard from them on yesterday's episode uh, as well. So we're going to add those guys to the mix. Now it's time for some bold predictions. Kind of hard to make bold predictions in this type of scenario. So I'm really looking at guys that are just kind of juiced and energized to kind of make a big play. And I'm looking at safety Jeremy Reeves. Jeremy Reeves is on a mission to show people that he's not just an all-pro special teams player, that he is a safety. He is a safety first, and then he's a special, an all-pro special teams player. I think Jeremy Reeves comes up with an interception in this game. And then Chris Rodriguez Jr., the rookie running back out of Kentucky, who you're going to hear from here in just a minute, has been wanting to show off his hands all training camp, all preseason long, has not really gotten a chance to do it in a game situation. Chris, I think you get yourself a receiving touchdown on Saturday night, young man. So we've got plenty of things to watch for Saturday night. But before we go there, we went to we went to Joint Base Andrews on Friday. So we're going to hear from co-owner Marjorie Harris and head coach Ron Rivera. And we're going to hear from running back Chris Rodriguez as well. We caught up with him on Thursday after practice because he's another guy to watch for fighting for a roster spot on this team coming Saturday. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And we'll do that thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy. August is here, and you know what that means. The official start to fantasy football drafting month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even better with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner, which is me. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Get involved. Get your entries in. Visit underdogfantasy.com and find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Oh, 
Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders, hearing from rookie running back Chris Rodriguez. First, caught up with him after practice on Thursday, so you're going to hear uh, what he had to say. And then I took some video of Marjorie Harris, new co-owner of the Washington Commanders, wife of Josh Harris, and so much more. And, of course, head coach Ron Rivera speaking to the crowd in attendance during the uh, walkthrough practice at Joint Base Andrews, but also in his scrum with Ron Rivera following practice. So we're going to hear from them, and again, you're only hearing part of their comments because, unfortunately, my phone kept overheating. Chris, you get the entire thing. But Marjorie and Ron, uh, my phone kept overheating out there in the blistering sun at Joint Base Andrews. So you're only going to hear some of it, but you got some pretty good stuff coming uh, from those three folks. All right, Chris, uh, technically, officially, right, last day of training camp. So first NFL training camp in the books. How you feeling? feel good. Uh, came out here, honestly, uh, did what I feel like I needed to do. Every day constantly improving, uh, proving myself. I mean, the work's done now. It's not up to me. It's up to the coaches whether I make the 50 or not. But either way it goes, I'm excited. I'm glad I got the opportunity to come out here to compete. Absolutely. We talked about your first preseason game, right? And you admitted to having some nerves, some anxious energy, which I think everybody can, can relate to. Yeah. How did it feel going into the Baltimore game after having that experience and the joint practices? Yeah. Uh, honestly, the nerves weren't as bad. But, you know, they're still there. I mean, you can ask any football player, regardless. Those nerves are going to be there before the game. It takes – one, maybe two hits for you to like, kind of get your feet up under you. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I felt like for me. You know, even though I was on special teams, it took a minute for me to get up under my feet or my feet up under me. And uh, this next game, I'm excited for it. Excited to see how that goes. Now, unfortunately, you did have the fumble against Baltimore. Yep. But we know this game is all about the ups and downs, the ups and flows. Now, how you go down is how you get back up. Yep. So what were you saying to yourself first and foremost after that play to get yourself back up? Yeah, so I mean, before I could say anything to myself, you know, my teammates came up to me and they kind of told me like, hey, it happens, you know, forget about it. Coach E.B. came up to me, he said, I mean, it happens, we put you right back in. As you've seen, I went right back in. He mm -hmm. said, no, we're gonna put you right back in, be ready, show me what you can do. And I went in there and I took care of business. Absolutely, and how do you feel about Coach Randy Jordan and Coach King so far? Love them, man, I love them. I mean, they helped me through pretty much it all. Um, they see even the slightest bit of improvement that I need to work on, then they, they tell me, you know, they like I told somebody yesterday, he gives you the praise when you need it, and he also bring it back down to earth when you need it as well. And then what are you trying to prove out there against Cincinnati this weekend? I, I feel like I haven't been able to showcase my hands out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, that's really one of the main things. Uh, probably my speed. You know, I haven't really had a lot of, you know, open field, you know, moments, but I feel like it's coming. Um, so just those two things and, you know, whatever special teams wise, just show that I can do it and that I'm capable of doing it and that I'll go hard and play. To be joining you all today as an official member of the Commander's family. I want to begin by thanking all of the active military members and veterans in attendance today, as well as your families. We are so very grateful for your service to this country. I am honored to be here at Joint Base Andrews to continue this wonderful tradition. We know many of our fans in the region are service members, and we care deeply about our relationship with the military community, not just in and around DC, but across this great country. Thank you, hey. Great to be here. We have a tremendous amount of appreciation, a tremendous amount of gratitude for you folks for your commitment and service to our country. 
Thank you very much for that. We really do appreciate who you are and what you represent. You represent the finest in America. So thank you all very, very much for being here. Hopefully we can bring a little bit of pride, bring a little excitement to this area, and really go out and do the things that we are capable of. Again, look forward to seeing you folks out at the football field. Watch a game or two, catch a game or two. But always remember, those commanders. Thank you, God. Well, personally, it's a very cool thing for me just because having grown up in a military family, to being able to come here and say thank you for their, uh, their support, their commitment, their sacrifices to us. I mean, it's very important that they know that we care, especially in this community, because, you know, we are in the area with the, the largest uh, military presence uh, in the United States, so we just want them to know that we do appreciate who they are. This is one of those days where the players and you get to interact a little more with the fans, the fans being members of the military. I think that's a little special for these players Aaron as well. What have you heard from them? I've learned that the players do appreciate it, especially when they get a chance to talk to a couple of these guys and, and gals and kind of get to know their stories a little bit more intimately and, um, and find out, you know, where from. they're from, what they do in the military and, you know, what their plans are, for, you know, for, for life. And, and they realize that, hey, they're just like them, um, you know, just that their commitment is to our country. Do you hear that? Any? Some, some of the veterans who've been around for a little bit, do you hear that more from them as they come over Yes, I do, which is really kind of neat. Any sort of common, and when we do come out, it, some of them have told these guys, hey, just something we got to do, guys. It's, it's because we need to, and, and that's really a cool thing. So switching back to football a little bit, um, first you know the play time for tomorrow, what, what the plan is? Yeah, for the most part, is we, we have a small group of, of, of starters that will go out on the field um, and, and play a little bit, probably play a, a, hopefully a, a good series and then get them out. And then we'll work the seconds all the way through, um, probably into the third quarter. And then we'll finish up with the rest of the young guys and give them an opportunity to play. Jacoby, how much will he? Uh, Jacoby will probably play a, a good quarter and a half. Um, if he does real well in the first quarter, I know Eric will want to get him out. Um, and then we'll go from there. For the starters, is that both sides of the ball? Um, no. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a slight group of a few guys on the offensive side, and we'll just go from there. So no Jamin or Dan? No. Or... no. Why those guys on, on offense? Uh, because, again, they just got to work together. Um, what's Charles doing with Leno? Leno, uh, again, he's just, he's just strengthening up his, uh, his shoulder. Tell about the last play of practice. Oh, the last play of practice, obviously, we were able to pull uh, one of our young fans out, and, and uh, she helped us score a touchdown. It's real important that, uh, you know, we make sure they, they know that we appreciate them. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Our next episode will be coming after the Washington Commanders final preseason game of the year. So make sure you come back Saturday night slash Sunday morning for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got questions or comments, drop them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on Twitter. Email me at LockedOnCommanders at gmail.com or send them directly to me by texting me at joinsubtext.com slash LockedOnCommanders. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And every day, as you know, I greatly appreciate you for coming through on a consistent basis, continuing to support the program like you do. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, 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 oh